Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. When investment performance matters, make sure your savings are with Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. Well, nearly a billion euros, what they proclaimed in government today. 800 million euro in funding has been announced uh, for cross-border projects by uh, the government. The, the package includes 600 million euro to the uh, A5 upgrade from Derry to Letterkenny, which will begin, they say, later this year. Northern Ireland's First Minister Sinn Féin's Michelle O'Neill welcomed the investment. And to discuss the detail a little bit more now, I'm joined by SDLP MLA and opposition leader Matthew O'Toole and Ulster Unionist Party MLA for South Antrim, Steve Aiken. You're both very welcome to the programme. Let me get your initial reactions, first of all, about the figure, the €800 million. Euro. Matthew, is it in line with what you were expecting? We were expecting a substantial commitment. I think €800 million is on the higher side of most people's expectations and that's why it's so welcome. And these are not just um, small piecemeal contributions, these are meaningful, substantial pieces of capital funding from the Irish government that are going to make a real visible difference to people's lives north of the border and also south of the border because this is from the Shared Island Initiative. The, for example, the Casement Park uh, investment is going to, you know, it won't just, it won't just be people north of the border who can go to events Euro 28 and of course Ulster finals that'll draw gales in from not just the nine counties of Ulster but but further afield uh, narrow water bridge is going to be hugely beneficial to people in the Mourns and the Cooley Peninsula but also you know th- that whole broader eastern region on the island of Ireland so hugely welcome and real substance today Okay since you brought up uh, Caseman Park let's go with that I- initially um, it's not enough sea bacon is it in, in on that particular project uh, this money from the uh, Irish government to, to push that project over the line. We're still awaiting a, an announcement from the UK government, aren't we? Well, today was a, an interesting day because Matthew and I were both spent a lot of day in the, the chamber of the Assembly and today we passed a €34 billion uh, euro budget which is Northern Ireland's budget for uh, for 23-24 and you know, €800 million from the Irish government is very welcome. Uh, it's been offered quite a few times in the past but it's great to see today the Taoiseach actually turning around and saying these are the monies coming forward, and it's good to see. Mm-hmm. But Casement Park is going to be interesting because, you know, for the 50 million for Casement Park has come from uh, the Irish government, the 75 million that's already been committed from the Northern Ireland government, uh, 15 million from the GAA. That brings us to about 140 million. Uh, we probably need about another 100 million to be able to do it. So it's going to be challenging, and it'll be interesting to see how we close that gap. And I think one of the things that everybody's going to have to do if we want to get this stadium built in time for the Euros is how we're going to do this creatively. Yeah, and there is some doubt now, isn't there? Because the Northern Ireland Secretary, Chris Heaton-Harris, appears, Steve, to have cast some doubt on how much money uh, the UK government could contribute towards the redevelopment of Casement Park. And I know there is construction, inflation and so on over the last number of years. But uh, unless they pony up, we could run into mud here. (laughs) <laughs> well, like, I was at uh, the British Irish Parliamentary Assembly not so long ago and we had a conversation from the floor about Kispin Park mm-hmm. and I think the uh, the Minister for Finance, he was, he, was, he was very good and he said, yeah, we will do this and the rest of it. And I teased him out a bit and said, well, you know, how are we going to close this gap if it's going to be around about 200 million euro? And I've never seen a uh, Minister for Finance sort of backpedal so quick as I've ever seen, as you can imagine. So you're in doubt, are you, about the, think, the redevelopment? Well, I've also, I, I think we're going to have to look very closely at the costs. I mean, I want to see it built. I, uh, our party's committed to seeing it built. 
our question has to be, how are we going to afford it and how are we going to pay for it? Yeah. Because, look, the factor, you know, a £220 million potential sort of project, and bearing in mind it needs to be built at pace, and we haven't even, we're just clearing the site now. I think those are re- there are real challenges here. First of all, we need to know how much it's going to cost, what the budget's going to be, and the thing that bothers me more than anything else about the whole thing is the prime contractor for this is our Department for Communities. And anybody knows anything about the Northern Ireland government and our ability to get things done, I think that would create a degree of worry, to put Mm. it mildly. Well, uh, the other question, Matthew O'Toole, and I want to move on from Caseman Park in just a second, but the Taoiseach said today that he hoped Caseman Park would be used for a variety of sports. No strict condition or anything. But is this uh, a multi-sports venue now as opposed to to a GAA venue? I don't think this needs to be something we get hung up on. I, I mean, I think the clear understanding has been the Casement Park is going to be, um, you know, primarily a GAA stadium, but that doesn't preclude it being used for um, other things. Indeed, um, the Euro twenty eight, the main one of the main kind of impetus is for us building it is obviously a soccer uh, championship, and that I think has real benefit for the entirety of not just Northern Ireland, but actually the whole island of Ireland and these islands, because we would have a you know, an opportunity to have uh, uh, the the to have one of the host cities be uh, two, two host cities on the island, two host venues on the island of Ireland. I think that's hugely um, welcome, and there'll be other events that, that can happen there too. I think that doesn't contradict it being a um, you know a a, um, a, a stadium primarily. Uh, operated known by by the GAA. That's always been the understanding. There was initial agreement whenever um, whenever Alder Stadia were, were were funded here in the north um, uh, 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 of that conditionality. So I don't think we need to get hung up on that, and I don't well, think the GAA I, does would. It, put, does the GAA be, know that? Well, I think the GAA have been. I mean, the GAA have been clear that they are fully supportive of Euro Twenty Eight, mm. and this is going to be a GAA stadium. It's going to be an historic GAA stadium in the heart of West Belfast. And it's going to be primarily used as a yeah, venue Euros for Gaelic are, games. The Euros might be viewed as an exception. Well, I mean, I th- I'm sort of slightly cautious about getting into this whole debate, which is looks like it's about throwing up potential barriers to uh, building Casement Park and and finding, frankly, an argument. Where I don't think there is one. I don't think mm-hmm. the GAA have said that they, um, you know, they're open minded about yeah. about Euro 28. I can't speak for them. I can't speak okay. for them. But look, I really don't think it's today's a really positive day. Oh, okay, okay. And I think finding a kind of a slightly artificial. An artificial and perhaps non-existent disagreement is not the best way of proceeding. Okay. Let's well, get this well, let's thing see. built. Let's let, get it built at speed, uh, and I think it would be hugely positive for everybody. Yeah, Steve, you wanted to get in there. Yeah, I do. So, like, you know, a sort of, uh, you know, I've been in Kroger many times, and but you know, Kroger makes money when it's eighty percent full, and it's mostly, for, you know, it makes money by using it for all sorts of things, other sports, and let us say country and western stars, various who be singing and sort of using it as a music venue. You know, it's got to make money. And there's got to be a return on the investment. So what we need is to it, it's to become it has to become a centre for all sorts of things, other sports. I mean, there's the opportunity for very large rugby games to be played there. There's opportunity for more football games to be played there, and actually, hopefully, it'll give it a venue for uh, particular sort of for concerts and things to do like that. Wait, look, it has to it has to pay its way. I mean, this is a huge investment, but it, it you know it must be in such a way that it'll pay its way. Okay, so it's no longer, in your view, or no no longer will be an exclusively GAA uh, venue. It never was. Sort of, um, sort of the national stadium across the way, Windsor Park. It isn't an exclusive sort of football stadium, and sort of 
uh, Ravenhill, uh, sorry, I have to use it by the old name. I, I refuse point blank to call it the Kingspan Stadium, except I just did it there now. All these things have to be done in a way that makes money and, and are open to all different sports. Uh, can I ask you both, and uh, I'll start with you, Matthew, about the uh, A5 uh, redevelopment as well and some significant funding put forward for the re- redevelopment of that uh, road, which I've travelled at and I, I was taken aback when I did travel at, at how dangerous it was. The A5 is, uh, I mean, it's shocking, really, the number of lives, uh, not particularly young lives, but not just young lives that have been lost on the A5 is chilling. First of all, like basically this is a, a life-saving uh, infrastructure investment that's the first thing to say um every month and every week um there are crashes in the a5 and there are lives lost every year so this is a critical intervention um and obviously it is a major strategic road between uh, effectively you know between the the largest city in ireland and the fourth largest city in ireland Derry, and also uh, beyond that letter kenny and in between uh, Oma and Straban. It is so. It's, it is a Navin. Uh, it, it, when, you, when you go to the south, you know, side of the border, it's a, it's a major uh, arterial route through the heart of this island. So it's an important uh, infrastructure uh, investment. Generally, getting it up to where it needs to be, but primarily and first and foremost, uh, it's a lifesaver. And mm-hmm. literally having this road more safe for use is going to save lives. People in those communities from Ochnacloy all the way up to Straban, um, uh, especially in the county of Tyrone, have, you know, just been campaigning for this for so long because lives are being lost and it really is that simple and that emotional. Yeah. Have you been in contact with the families at all today, uh, Steve? Because I know they have been campaigning for a, a redevelopment here, an upgrade for for a long period, as Matthew said. Look, we're, we've always been campaigning quite hard for it, and we want to get those links up to London Derry opened up and to be able to improve road transportation and particularly a safe road transportation. But one of the things I do hope, and I will be mentioning this the next time I'll see the I see Leo and we're next time we're meeting together, you know, when the Irish government puts in money like that, I want the Irish government to be able to hold them to account that they're actually going to build the A5. Because the amount of money we've already spent that's been frittered away on sort of court cases, on JRs, on all different sorts of things, we need to commit to actually building the project. And one of the things, if I was the Irish government, I would make very sure that you're only getting this money if you're actually going to build it and we don't want it frittered away in more court cases. And I know I've talked to many campaigners about the A5 and one of their biggest concerns is the amount of money that's already been spent and there isn't even a square metre of tarmac lead anywhere and that's what we need to be making sure that works and I hope I really do hope that the Irish government holds the whatever the prime contractors are to the A5 to account to get on with it and let's get moving well, generally, uh, 800 million euro is a, a fair whack of money. It's enabled, um, I suppose, by power sharing and the executive and the assembly back up and running again. What do you make? What do you both make of, of um, the DUP and what they said about um, Dublin money provided for for stuff like the A5? Uh, Jeffrey Donaldson said, it's not, and I'll start with you, Steve, on this, it's not the job or the responsibility of the Republic's government to provide financial support for the provision of public services and general Northern Ireland infrastructure. That's a matter for the UK, he says. I I will greatly take money from anywhere. We took money from the European Union. We'll take money from the United States. I will be absolutely delighted to take any funding from anywhere that improves infrastructure across not only this island, but these islands. And there are a whole variety of things we need to be working on together across these islands. And that includes uh, particularly to do with renewable energy, with 
uh, interconnector cables, with a whole variety of things. We need to start thinking widely of this way. And actually, if the Taoiseach wants to come and give me a cheque for a billion pounds, I'd gladly spend <laughs> For your constituents, uh, I hope. <laughs> no, can, definitely. Yeah. Can I ask you, though, because there will be some people, uh, Matthew, within the unionist community who will say, um, for example, providing money to improve links between Belfast and Dublin, it's hastening an all-island view of things, isn't it? Uh, well, first of all, I think it's important to say, well, Jeffrey is entitled to make whatever comments he wants. You know, people play to the gallery and, and that's fine. It's pretty churlish, but that's grand. Um, I, the substantive thing people will be focusing on is the opportunity here from a huge cash investment from the Irish government. In relation to um, uh, advancing an all-island agenda, um, uh, I mean, in one sense, yes. And what's the problem with that? The growing links and potential of north-south cooperation on uh, from whether it's economic, cultural, um, sporting, has always been at the heart of the Good Friday vision. And in, its, in a sense, it's a shame that 25 years on, the agenda hasn't advanced more. We had, uh, uh, you know, and that, this is obviously always at the heart of the SDLP's vision for the three strands and, and strand two of the Good Friday Agreement. Strand two has been, frankly, left to wither quite a lot over the last uh, 20, well, certainly over the last uh, 15, 16 years. Mm-hmm. And so this is, I think, a real critical step forward. It's important to say, yes, I obviously clearly want to see much more. I want to see us to go much further and much faster in terms of all-island progress and integration. But it's also important to say that for unionists, and I'm not a unionist, I respect uh, any unionist's constitutional view, and I would engage um, openly with any unionist who has concerns about this. And I would say this is without prejudice to uh, anyone's constitutional position. Look, mm-hmm. to offer an alternative counterpoint, um, I, when it comes to engaging with the UK government, whether when it comes to, for example, building, um, uh, you know, links between, uh, for example, infrastructure on, on, on between Northern Ireland and Great Britain, that's in the interest of the people uh, of the North and indeed the people of the, more, the island more broadly, okay. wh- whatever their constitutional viewpoint. Uh, so I don't think we should see all, all island investment as some kind of nationalist project that has to lead ultimate, that has to compromise people's constitutional uh, and that, views. That constitutional do you have an aspiration? matrix is well laid out in the uh, agreement. I suppose you would both say, Matthew O'Toole of the SDLP and C. Bacon of the UUP. Fascinating to talk to you both. Thank you very much indeed.